The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. The nature of humanity is to be curious. We have an innate desire to find new knowledge, hidden or not, new abilities and new lands. We have discussed the topic of flat earth and the worlds beyond the ice walls on this program. And because many of you continue to ask me for more, at Veritas, we don't censor. We get out of the way and let the information flow. It is up to you what you want to do with this information. We have been and continue to be so programmed to only listen to official channels that even the so-called open-minded have a hard time stepping outside the box when they become exposed to information that contradicts their beliefs. And since I know belief is the enemy of knowledge, I want to explore and consider all perspectives. I've noticed some of my colleagues shut down and ridicule what we'll be discussing tonight. Don't you wonder why they never get censored? And those of us who dare are the ones being silenced, shadow banned, and are given the perception to be on the outer limits of conventional wisdom? In case you wonder what the promotional image depicts, I've included a high-resolution version of the alleged Worlds Beyond the Ice Walls, so you can zoom in and see it all in detail. It's inside part two of this program in the member section at VeritasRadio.com. If you want to take the road less traveled, to free yourself from the conformity of others, stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Tonight's special guests are veterans of this radio program and don't require a long introduction. They are David Weiss and Jaron Campanella. David's website is flatearthdave.com and Jaron's is jaronism.com. They also have YouTube channels. David and Jaron, welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Mel, thanks for having me back. Thrilled to be here. One of my favorite podcasts of all time. So thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Happy to be here, Mel. Uh, anytime you want me, I'm here. And fantastic program. Happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been two years. May of 2020, we're in the middle of the pandemic or pandemic. And I'm very curious, what has happened with the two of you? Like me, I think you are, you have an insatiable hunger for knowledge and new wisdom. What have you found in the past two years? And we'll then dive in. That's such a big question. The one I have found on this journey is there is never a split second of boredom, right? When you start seeing this world for what it is and understanding what it isn't, there's not enough time in the day if they gave us uh, to to see and research and um, explore this amazing, amazing world we're in. So that's the 
for me, that's the kind of the broad picture. And then um, today we're going to kind of dive into, you know, what what's beyond Antarctica and, you know, our thoughts on that. Jaron? It's been an interesting two years for sure. I mean, I've kind of realized that people will fall for anything, which maybe I didn't know fully before. And people will make excuses for their slave owners. Another thing that I don't think I knew fully before, I kind of thought that it would always be citizens against governments and never really expected that, you know, over half of the citizen population would actually side with the government. That's just something, I mean, imagine, Mel, the amount of evidence it would take for me, Arma, and the American government. By the way, you got you got cut off all there for about five seconds, Darren. Against other. So I was saying, imagine how hard it would be evidence that it would take to side with the American government. I have just ample evidence that what I was doing is correct and that the citizens were wrong. So it baffled me that, uh, you know, this go around when you have a untested, unproven vaccine, that people simply said, no, I don't really want to take it. Um, they were attacked and ridiculed and canceled. And, uh, you know, so we have citizens taking the side of big pharma as if there's some, um, you know, big philanthropic group or something, not uh, obviously a for-profit uh, medical industry, which we know. They make money the more and longer that you're sick, not the better and healthier that you are. So I learned that the last two years and that people will turn even on their own, uh, on the on the fellow slaves uh, to protect those that you know are enslaving them all. So that was kind of an eye for me. Those are the new things that I've uh, learned, like Dave said, never a moment's rest. Uh, you'll never be bored. Uh, you never wake up and just say, well, what am I going to do today? It's just not even in the cards anymore. There's so much to learn, so much to investigate and report on. Uh, it's definitely kept us busy. I, I think that the, the biggest killers of the human spirit are boredom and fear. And when you start discovering what this world is and who we are, where we are, and our place in it, uh, the fear goes away. You know, you stop watching the news, which is steering us northeast, west, south is the news and fear, false evidence appearing real. Once you lose that fear and start seeing uh, this world for what it is, there's never a moment of boredom. So boredom and fear, the mind killers are removed. Uh, and then once you kind of step out of that low vibration that's when you start seeing the world, experiencing things, manifesting, meeting people. Um, all of it just starts to flow. And I think that's where the controllers of this world don't want us being. Right. Another thing I learned was I don't think I realized this so much before as then as now is I used to wake up and, you know, I told everybody for years, don't watch the news, don't watch the news. Well, when this Corona thing was going on, I would have to wake up and I would want to watch 15 or 20 minutes of the morning news just so I could see what's the latest stupid propaganda that they're putting out there. Well, I really quickly learned that most people who talk to you or argue their side of a, of a point just repeat exactly what the news says. And I get why that is now. I get that people have jobs, people have careers, and so they don't have a lot of time for knowing what's going on in the world. So really their entire worldview is built off of the 30-minute section of NBC News that they watch either every morning or every night. And I just noticed this in talking to people, even in my family or my sister, that would literally repeat word for word exactly what the news said the day before. And it was just baffling to me that it was so easy to convince people of things that weren't true simply by putting it on the news and have everybody on the news talk about it and how you know full the hospitals were. And I went down to my local hospital and found out that they closed three of the floors 
and there was just never anybody there. And it was just very easy for somebody who has the time or the want to go and investigate these things to see the lies. But I realized um, the last two years that so many people are busy with everything. You know, it used to be I grew up in the 80s where my dad was able to support the entire family with just, I mean, he was an electrician and uh, was able to, you know, have a one income family. My mom stayed home with the children. But quickly, I think by the 90s or easily by the 2000s, they made it so that, you know, no single income was really taking care of the family. So they get everybody out of the house. All the kids have soccer and band practice and you name it. And they really made it so that nobody has time anymore to do any investigating or research, which is essential to them getting away with this kind of uh, nonsense. That is so true. And today I found out that it was an Italian teacher in the 1800s. I believe, I forget the exact year, but he was the one who created the concept of homework as punishment for children. Punishment. Just think about that for a second. When you have, when you go to school from, I don't know, when I went to school, it was from 7.30 to 1.30. Now kids come out of school at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they have homework on the weekends, even summer vacations, they have to have homework. So it's almost as they want to keep everyone busy, busy with the narrative, busy with the official knowledge, busy, if you want to call it, with the globe from the kindergarten or first grade, when you go to school, that's all you see. And they never want you to step outside and find something else. The, the script has been written from the moment that you start, you know, turning on the TV to watch Sesame Street to the moment that you're ready to kick the bucket when you're in your 80s. That weeds, now, out, the, that weeds out the order followers, though, you know, if, if you think about it or not, it kind of you know elevates them and weeds out the rest. Uh, homework and things like that, that's just busy work and really nonsense. What it does is it really helps them be able to select from a group of 30 students or whatever, the ones that are willing to do anything. And that means put all their friends aside, put their sports aside, put anything aside to get this schoolwork done because the teacher asked for it and they want to make sure that they shine in the teacher's eyes. But these are the people that end up going on to work for NASA. These are the people who end up going on to work for these space agencies or CERN, if you watch that a joke of a countdown yesterday or whenever that was. Um, you notice that these guys are just uh, the order followers, those that will do anything they're told to do. It's very compartmentalized, and this is how they keep the lie going. Mel, the, the lie is so big that most people can't see it. Even many you know, truth seekers that are awake to many things just can't see the, the, the idea of a non-ball, non-heliocentric world. And as you said, you know, in, in kindergarten, they got globes in the class and all the stories are about dinosaurs and globes. And uh, one of the first worksheets kids bring home is, you know, the orbits of the planets and the sun and the moon and the moon goes around the earth and the earth goes around the sun. And, and it's literally building their foundation on this to the point where when they grow up, um, that's their world belief. And in everything they see, they say they their mind sees a globe. When you stand at the edge of the water, they look out. Let's say you have open water all around you. Uh, you look out, you'll see a curved horizon because you see the same distance in all directions. Well, if you connect those lines where the sky meets the earth, the optical horizon, it makes a circle in your mind tells you that's a sphere. So when a when a, an encounter happens, something out of this world, like you had uh, Thomas Carrion, who, who uh, talked, to, he was a witness to Roswell. Um, I believe he's telling the truth. I believe he's probably 100% correct. His, you know, my sense of his story um, seems like it's real, 
but he's wrapping it around a heliocentric belief where we're going to get into it, where the idea of other worlds in space is scientifically impossible. And we're going to show you that today. And the idea of worlds just here across the Earth plane beyond Antarctica is physically, scientifically possible. Darren? I agree. Uh, but by the way, by the way, be, yeah. before before I, I forget, I mentioned this to you offline before I forget, since Darren mentioned NASA, I just want to say this now because I'm going to include something during part two. I can't say it during part one because I never know who's going to be listening to this. But I met a gentleman a few months ago, and this is the second time I've met him. Yesterday we spent uh, uh, time during 4th of July with, uh, you know, my family circle, and he happens to work for the the GAO, the U.S. government Accountability Office, which is a legislative branch government agency that provides auditing, evaluation, and investigative services for the U.S. Congress. It is the supreme audit institution of the federal government of the United States. But why do I bring this up? Because he also worked for NASA for four years, and he told me a few things that I want to disclose with all of you here, but during part two. But anyway, keep going. Let me let me go on. So you had Thomas carry on witness to Roswell. You had John Stevenson, who talks about the tall white aliens. Um, another could be very truthful. I don't believe he is lying. I believe he is telling the truth. Dave Edmonds with, with what do they want? And then you had Lieutenant Colonel Kevin Randall with the 1957 Leveland UFO encounter. Again, all of these make perfect scientific sense are physically possible here on a flat earth if you understand what flat earth is and they are impossible in a heliocentric universe. And I want to say at the beginning, the heliocentric system is the matrix, just like the movie. It's a prison for your mind. It puts you on a globe where you have limited resources. There's nothing else to ex discover. And we're here trapped in this, you know, trapped on a globe. I don't believe that we're trapped. I believe that this world is much bigger than they're telling us and that there's more. So for those of you that love space, I'm just going to convert it to something that you don't have to take a giant leap of faith into impossible Narnia, Narnia land. Um, I'm going to show you how it works here. The, the, the secret propulsion program is here on Earth. The tall white aliens are here on Earth. They're coming from their world here on Earth. And once you see that, then you have to ask yourself, okay, which one makes more sense? Now, do we have have um, proof that there's more worlds, there's more land beyond Antarctica? Absolutely not, right? We do not. But there's many stories, as we talked about in the last one with um, with the um, the the Iron Republic, and uh, you know, and stories about it. But we are saying here is we want the right to go explore. Why can't people go explore Antarctica? Well, that's the question. That's the question. When you have so many, yeah. so many signatories since the 1950s, which coincided with the advent of NASA, and all of a sudden you can't go. And I've always said this, and I repeat it again and again, but I don't get tired of saying it. When you have all uh, right now, we have this energy crisis right now. You would think that the excellence of the world and all these BPs will be looking elsewhere for oil exploration to step outside the, the boundaries of what's happening here in the United States, for example, where, you know, we, we are in this crisis because they want to push the green agenda. I mean, what happens when somebody lives in Florida and there's a hurricane approaching, you lose electricity, how are those people that are going to have thousands of EVs going to be able to escape the, the, the hurricane? 
And we can talk about this all the time, but going back to Antarctica, why is it that you cannot go, forget about commercializing it, but to explore it? I wonder, I wonder if, the, uh, am I saying this right, dirigibles, the, the, the blimps that were, that were around since yep. the 1800s, I wonder if the reason why they were shut down was not because of, he, of helium or the flammable aspect, because they were not. And that was a different issue. They had a, they had a boycott on, on Germany, and we can discuss that at another time. But I wonder if that could have been used to explore these other worlds. NASA controls most of the helium in the world. They're the largest consumer of helium, and uh, you know we can get into that. But they they own almost all of the major helium companies. So there's always just a little shortage, enough for party balloons, but not enough for dirigibles. So let let's um can we let's talk about just how space is scientifically impossible, and then then we'll look at the flutter. Does that that sound good? Sounds good. All right. So. Jaron, and you can, you can chime in, please. Um, you know, the closest star is about 25 trillion miles away, four and a half light years. All of the other stars are magnitudes farther. So we're just going to look at the best case scenario. Let's say there's a planet around the closest star, 25 trillion miles away. Now, people have been hearing the word trillion. You know, we're 30 trillion, 50 trillion in debt, whatever. Um, they don't have a concept of what a trillion is. Matt, Mel, you might you might know the answer to this, but do you know how long one trillion seconds is? One trillion seconds? No, refresh my memory. Take take a guess. Take a guess. Stab what? in the dark. One trillion seconds. Don't do, don't break out the calculator. <laughs> my calculator doesn't have enough zero, so go ahead, tell me. One trillion seconds is 31,000 years. Okay? Let that sink in. 31,000 years. So if you were traveling at a mile per second, which no human has ever gone that fast, and you went for one trillion seconds, 31,000 years, you are now one twenty-fifth of the way to the closest star. Okay? Do you think that there a spaceship is going to fly through the vacuum of space, come here and crash in Roswell? Does that make any sense to you? Let alone the idea of a spaceship. What is a what, what does a spaceship push off of, right? When you you know a boat propeller pushes off of water, you know airplane jets push off of the air. What do rockets push off of in space? And we've, we, we have experiments where we've done, you know, we've lit little rocket fuel engine and that little rocket, um, you know, little, little like firecrackers, I'll call them rockets, and they don't light in a vacuum chamber. You can't light them. So, you know, the question is, how do you steer in space? And so all of that, when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense, but what if the closest world was just I don't no, know, hold, hold, hold how far a second. Would you say? Because I remember Andrew Johnson, Andrew Johnson, I guess of this program, he he was mad at me when I did a lot of guests are mad at me because I discussed this subject. I don't care. I, I will discuss whatever I want here. But I remember he did say something valid. He said when you have a rocket in space, there's matter displacement. It's not like you're pushing against, you know, water or oxygen or what have you, but it's just within the, the 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 actual fuel is pushing the mass out but the question is how do you light that mass in a vacuum that part he did not yeah. answer and how do you have a pressurized capsule in a vacuum go ahead jaron 
No, I was just going to say, I mean, they have excuses for it because, of course, they have to, right? You can't just uh, throw up their hands and be like, ah, you got us. We've been. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today, with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it, because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.